You're like, okay, we're gonna put a hundred million dollar facility up, check. We're gonna bring in Russian botanists and we're gonna bring in the best tomato farmers, check, check. Oh, we've got this guy, uh, he, he's from Colorado. He says he's a master grower. Okay, check. Okay, we've got our lights, check. We've got, you know, they, they've spent a ton of time and energy and money on government affairs, on obtaining licenses, on attorneys, on every aspect of their business. And then when it comes to putting genetics in, they just source them from whoever and they trust whatever person told them they're a master quote unquote grower. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Rizwan Khan from DNA Genetics. Rizwan, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I am really excited to finally have you on the show. We missed each other at the MJ Biz show, and I have so many questions for you. But let's start off by telling our listeners a little bit about DNA Genetics. Over 15 years, you guys have developed genetics, and you have won over 200 or more awards in all different categories at prestigious cannabis events around the world, making DNA Genetics the global standard for breeding and growing best-in-class strains. Let's just start this off with your company story. It's such a great story, and it's so cannabis. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. You know, I mean, you, you, a lot of times these things grow from necessity. Long before the company was formally founded, our founders, Don and Aaron, you know, are both cannabis aficionados from Los Angeles. Something happened in the early 90s in L.A. where Kush really just was all the rage. You know, when that OG Kush first hit, I mean, you could tell there was something very different about that in many people's opinion just better than what was currently being circulated and this is even more true for amsterdam anybody who knows what amsterdam looked like in the 90s i mean there's a lot of homogenous very watered down diluted genetics it was the same hazes and the same things that you'd find there when don and aaron actually went to amsterdam to form dna genetics in 2004 they did something that we, none of us really could have appreciated at the time. They broke the paradigm of what a seed company was. They wanted to be authentic. Their major concern was that when you went to go buy seeds from a seed company in Amsterdam, it was like a crapshoot. You open up the seed pack. You never know what you got. Oftentimes, you know, you have to get those seeds from Amsterdam to wherever you lived in the world. And there's no way you can just return it, especially after you grew the plant out. It doesn't work like that. So there wasn't any authenticity. There wasn't any accountability in the seed market at that time. And so what they really wanted to do was fix that. You get some seeds and it's actually what you think it is. They took all of the best genetics from California to Amsterdam and put them in seed form and then used that as like an initial breeding stable along with other land races that they picked up, European strains and so forth, and really started to develop and curate this library of genetics that were noticeably of a higher quality they were selecting for terpene profiles and more for aromatic and flavor than just yield, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is they, you know, were very successful, you know, in, in just putting their strains out to market and people organically just wanted to grow it because they were better than what, what sure. was available. And so one thing that ended up happening is where the, all of the world's cultivators started to time and time again, choose DNA genetics to put in their rooms, you had this very real relationship 
with the growers from all around the world, referred to as the DNA army, that started to really grow DNA genetics. And this started to really build the brand and the company. And it created something that I don't think Don and Aaron or any of us really saw coming. As time kind of started to pass and the legalization in the United States started to take place, I had decided to go to law school. As soon as I get out of law school, Josh Hamlin, who's our CLO at DNA Genetics now, the two of us, we just jumped right in the saddle and we're like, all right, what are we going to do with this? Let's really take this to the next level. At that time, there was a young company. They weren't even called Canopy yet. They were called Tweed at the time. Yeah. And so Bruce Linton, he came to us and said, look, Canada is going to legalize. This is my vision for Canopy. This is what it looks like. Let's enter into this global partnership. Josh and I had kind of been working on putting together what would be a global licensing platform where we would be able to license our genetics to a licensed producer, to somebody who had the legal ability to cultivate whichever territory they're in, Mm -hmm. and in return, pull a royalty at the heart. You're really an IP company, if you think about it that way. Yeah. Again, at the time, we had an advantage. Other companies weren't able to file intellectual property protections at the USPTO because of the United States position federally against cannabis. We were a Dutch company. We had the advantage of Benelux registration. Ah. And then as soon as we did the canopy deal and Canada legalized, then we had the advantage of Canadian registration. We really had a lot more teeth behind our IP than some of our competitors. And then had a, the ability to ship seeds legally from Amsterdam to Canada through our phytosanitary certificate, certificate of origin, all of the other paperwork that is required to do so. Other companies can't do that. I mean, wow. We were just ahead of them in having the phytosanitary certificate, ahead of them in having the genetic library, ahead of them in having all the IP protection. We've got all these advantages in terms of being able to really monetize this special opportunity that we believe we had. And we kind of framed that all under this this licensing agreement. Wow. Now, we showed up to Smith Falls, abandoned Hershey's Chocolate Factory to meet Bruce and Mark and the entire team over there. For the listeners, we're talking about, at the time it's Tweed, but it eventually becomes Canopy Growth, correct? Yeah, it eventually becomes canopy growth. Bruce was like, look, we're going to move fast. We have a global vision. That's why we're so interested in working with you guys. Bruce understood that you can't invest the amount of money that people are investing in cannabis without accounting for the genetic variable. I mean, this is probably the single biggest point that every investor in cannabis and all these new cannabis companies have missed. We're like, okay, we're going to put a $100 million facility up, check. We're going to bring in Russian botanists, and we're going to bring in the best tomato farmers, check, check. Oh, we've got this guy, uh, he, he's from Colorado, he says he's a master grower. Okay, check. Okay, we've got our lights, check. We've got, you know, they, they spend a ton of time and energy and money on government affairs, on obtaining licenses, on attorneys, on every aspect of their business. And then when it comes to put genetics in, they just source them from whoever, and they trust whatever person told them they're a master, quote-unquote, grower, worst term in the world. <laughs> like, all of these things, right? Then they're failing. There's so much variability in the cannabis plant, as is. And so to not have that accounted for and controlled, it's very difficult to be successful. And the reason yeah. that you guys don't run into the same problem is because you had so many years over in Amsterdam in a legal environment to perfect and to work out all the imperfections and variables so that your genetics is really tight and stable. Is that why you have such an advantage? Absolutely correct. And you know, it's not just Amsterdam. Remember, California legalized for medicinal purposes in 96, and we operated in a quasi-gray area for okay. about 20 years where you didn't have real regulation, but all you needed was to have enough patients that were in your collective circle of distribution, we call it, 
to be able to have an affirmative defense in court. So we, we grew a lot of weed in California in addition to Amsterdam. And you're right, we had the opportunity to study the optimal conditions that each cultivar you know, needed to really thrive. And then we were able to codify a lot of that and come up with a strain-specific SOP, so standard operating procedures specific to each phenotype of each cultivar, rather than just a standard operating procedure for cultivation and pretending that that was gonna work for everything. <laughs> and that's a piece that becomes very important when you try to do this at a large scale. I wanna take a short break to play you a preview of our next episode and to thank our sponsors. Taking a liking to this this product uh, idea of being able to celebrate with a joint in your cake and to that network i was invited to uh, snoop's compound in la to have a birthday cake with 20 birthdays and i got to carry it out and sing happy birthday to him which is one of those once in a lifetime opportunities that you can't really found it till after it happens and you see a picture or do you're like wow i just sang happy birthday to snoop Dogg. tune in on thursday to hear Michael share from Aria Brands. And now let's get back to the show. So back to your story. So you got to imagine at that time, you know, Bruce and I, we're, we're, we have a global vision. We're going to be the biggest producer in Canada, but we're going to be the biggest cannabis company in the world. And we said that we're going to be able to provide you with, you know, obviously license to the brand, which has an incredible reputation. But then also make sure that we can get your product to a point where we can all sign off on the quality. And, you know, you fast forward a little bit and Canopy sets the standard in terms of, you know, market cap of what a cannabis company is. And we were the Intel inside that helped get them there. Yeah. And so it was amazing to see, you know, the success that we had together. And then it became, okay, well, now let's replicate it. And, you know, a lot of people started paying attention as well. So as you can imagine, we started to entertain discussions about uh, taking our company public and going out to getting our own boat out into the water and what that would look like. And because a lot of people were very fascinated by our business model, it's really strong in terms of the, the minimal amount you know, that we need to put out to get the job done. Mm-hmm. It's an IP company. You got to really think of it like that. It's, it's an incredible opportunity for everybody. And I think that's what kind of prompted the reformation of the company. It became more of like, okay, let's replicate this. Let's reform the company so that we can build value for a, you know, call it a group of shareholders or eventually for the investing community. Let's let's start to replicate the success that we've had with Canopy in Canada, all over the world, in every territory that legalizes and activates for commercial cannabis activity, whether it be medical or adult use, it's our job to find the best partner, uh, somebody who shares the same vision and is alignment on you know, a variety of things from letting us you know, continue to put quality products out and the vision we see for our brand, and then providing them access to our library of proprietary genetics, and then connecting the dots as we find you know, market penetration in each one of these markets. And so since the initial Canopy deal, we signed an extension for an additional five years with Canopy because it's just going well, so well for both of us. Mm-hmm. We also signed a deal with them for Jamaica and then also for some uh, a couple key European territories. Yeah. And then really started to hit the states hard. I mean, we got Nevada, Arizona, Oregon, you know, Massachusetts. 
When I'm listening to this story, it, it so much reminds me of the software slash hardware story where IBM and Compaq, all the computer companies are making, and then they say, well, we need some software. Let's just get some software in here. And Microsoft goes, oh, yeah, we'll build that for you. No big deal. <laughs> it's exactly it's exactly what it is. I mean, I, there isn't a better analogy. You and guys so, are my, you did. guys are going to be Microsoft someday. They're going to be looking back and saying, "Oh, you know, cultivation facilities, <laughs> they can do it. We can build those anywhere, but we can only, we can only use these genetics." That is so that, cool. Then, I mean, if we want to be successful, recently there was a scenario where we walked into a massive facility, massive greenhouse, like we're talking about like 10 acres in greenhouse of flowering canopy, and they were having incredible problems. And they were doing their best. They brought in what they thought were experts and thought that they had accounted for every variable. And as soon as we showed up, we were able to take them from you know production numbers where they were getting a little over a pound of light to three pounds of light, almost four. And the quality of their greenhouse flower better than even the indoor flower. So, I mean, all of a sudden, we were able to flip their entire operation into an incredible incredibly attractive model i mean pulling in tons of revenue the bottom line increase i mean and as opposed to what it looks like when you cut the three and a half pounds back down to one and a half pounds and the quality from better than anything in the market to something that you don't even feel comfortable releasing and it really is that big of a, of a range and, and it's really awesome i mean really proud to, to be able to, to make people that successful well you've done a lot of things that are sort of cutting edge. I mean, in, in addition to the genetics, also putting together a business model in the, in the licensing agreements and all that is the framework that has got you in a position, like I said, the Microsoft position. And we could go on and on. I wish we, we had more time on the show to talk about this stuff. But I know what are right now, all of the people that are listening are saying, is there ever going to be an opportunity for people to invest? I know you talked about going public, but prior to that, is there are, are you in any capital raises right now? Are there opportunities now or in the future that you can talk about? You know, that's a great question. So there was an initial round when we reformed the company, and then we were looking at possibly going and doing another raise. But obviously, you know, there are a lot of factors. You look at what your plans are in terms of spending the money, whether there are hard assets that you want to secure. In addition to being this genetics company and really being an IP company, we're from California. We have a landmark in Amsterdam. You know, do we want to drop another brick and mortar in LA? So a lot of the, you know, the question of, is there going to be another raise or another you know, opportunity to invest really would depend on how fast we want to grow and in what direction. The other thing, too, is the markets as of late have been just absolutely volatile and just horrible. There's a major consideration. Do you want to jump into the storm? Do you make a decision to jump in? And it's, I mean, as a fiduciary, I think that would be kind of irresponsible to say, hey, these market conditions are horrid. Let's get out there. Yeah. There isn't a rush, I guess you could say. We, we've got a, you know, a strong company, a strong team, a strong model, and are healthy all around. So I don't think that there's really a need for us to go grab capital, you know, unless we actually need it. If you're profitable right now, why give it up? Why give up any equity? Right, right. Yeah. Well, when you do, you got to come back on the show because that's going to be a time where everybody is going to be waiting for that opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Things move so quickly that I firmly believe that there will be opportunities. And I'm really excited about getting to that point. Again, it's one of those things everybody has to watch closely because the windows open and close. Most people that are that are doing something that's valuable, they're oversubscribed 
before they even tell anybody really that they're opening the round. Yep. Um, yeah. That's the difference. Because when you're not exciting and people don't really like or buy into what you're doing, it becomes really difficult, especially if you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing and they're all losing money. Well, those guys can't raise money I mean, to save their lives. Look, the announcement a couple of weeks ago of Bruce coming in as an investor to DNA, that alone, as you can well imagine, drummed up quite a bit of interest from prospective investors, from just people that are watching in the cannabis industry. I mean, when he jumped out on a series of talk shows with that T-shirt that had the five companies on it, and that was prior to the deal, you know, us even announcing the deal. It was one of those things where it's like, boom, it lit a fire. I'm really grateful to be one of those few companies that everyone's still talking about and interested in. Um, now it's just, you know, really important to make the best decision moving forward for everybody. And I think we're in a good place and we're going to do that. When you do, we'll definitely have you on. To everyone, all of our listeners, this is could could be viewed more as a teaser episode because there isn't an opportunity today. <laughs> but I have a feeling one will be down the road. And if you want any information, we have all of DNA Genetics information in the show notes. And we'll also have it on the MJ Bulls website. So, Rizwan, thanks for being on the show today. This has been really informative. Thanks, yeah. It gets, <laughs> anytime, anytime. Exciting stuff. Wow. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.